On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked on the Washington Football Team with the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. I'm David Harrison, Washington Football Team beat writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Find that show on the Odyssey app. Also find this show on the Odyssey app. On Twitter, we're at WrestleMania621, DHarrison82, and Locked WFT Pod. On today's show, we're going to give our final thoughts, a couple of previews, maybe some predictions, some some fun things to kind of throw out there into the atmosphere. We're going to hear a voicemail from our friend Camion coming back here before the week one kickoff. Of course, the Washington football team podcast free on all platforms. And guys, listen, it's not too late to listen to the ultimate season preview 2021 for previews of every team and every division from our local experts and Odyssey's NFL experts. Search Ultimate Season Preview 2021 today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Chris, we got to start off this episode. We, we always say it, right? Every prediction you make, uh, whether it be player-specific, team-specific, league-wide, there's always a caveat, and it's health allowing it's always got to do with health health is the biggest determining factor uh, for teams that start off successful and finish successful Curtis Samuel you start the week with a lot of optimism about him getting back on the field potentially getting back there with his teammates we see the the apparent aggravation and then again on Thursday because of that groin injury did not practice yeah uh this is not a surprise after Wednesday setback David I mean um you know, when you watch that video of him in individuals and as soon as he kind of like torques it a little bit, you see it like almost give. Um, and, and I'm not a doctor and I don't want to play one, but I mean, it did not look good. Um, and for him to be, you know, shut down, uh, you know, immediately after that and then to not practice at all on Thursday, Friday is a what they're calling a recovery day. So we don't exactly know what that means. Um, You know, we're not media allowed out at the facility for whatever it means. It basically means probably I'm guessing that there's no practice uh, that it's just a, you know, because they practiced on Monday uh, in pads when they normally would not do that. You know, basically they used Monday, Wednesday, Thursday as their main practice days and Friday again, recoup a little bit because they had extra time. Uh, and Saturday will be a walkthrough day of the game, you know, day before the game. So uh, we're not going to see Curtis Samuel probably again, practice at all before this game. It's hard. No. It's, it's, it's not official. But it's almost impossible. I mean, you know, it's just almost impossible to expect Curtis Samuel to be playing this game. And, you know, as I pointed out, and you were right on this. Now, this was before the setback. You didn't think he was going to play. I thought he would play. Obviously, the setback quickly changed that. Um, I don't know if I preface that or not. But, I mean, I think that's obvious. If you have a setback, I don't, you know, he's not going to play. Right. Uh, the question becomes is, like, if he doesn't play this Sunday – and because he has a setback, however you define the setback, is it possible that he could play on next Thursday night against the Giants? And, and the reason why I ask that is because they're not going to fully practice right. on on Monday and Tuesday, and then they'll have a walkthrough on Wednesday. You know, um, I, I've been you know a part of these short weeks, 
And it's usually a late Monday afternoon, like kind of walkthrough practice. Tuesday is kind of like a modified full practice. And Wednesday is a walkthrough. And then boom, Thursday is the game. And a lot of times you got to travel. This week they don't have to travel. Uh, so I, I don't know how Curtis Samuel plays in either one of these first two games, if I'm being honest. And if that's the case, then I'll ask you, do you put him on IR? And, 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 and just say, look, whatever we did worked for one day and it, and it didn't work any more than one day. Should we just keep holding out hope that automatically he's going to snap his fingers and feel good again? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's a tough question to answer. I mean, first of all, like, you know, when I said, I didn't think uh, that Curtis was likely to practice or to, to play on Sunday, really what was going through my mind was that quick turnaround you were talking about, because even if Curtis was able to come back and, and play in this first game, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very tall task to ask a player coming back from an injury and, and, you know, months of, of not being in, in that conditioning type of environment and all that and playing real football to do that and then turn around with three days in between games and do it again. So I was kind of anticipating the more conservative approach. You know what, let's, let's shut them down for week one, go out there with what we've got, with what we've been practicing with the guys who are comfortable with each other right now from an execution standpoint. And then if we can add Curtis to that Thursday night game in week two, that just gives our offense a boost. You know what I mean? Because now we have a fresh wide receiver with a lot of talents who didn't play Sunday, didn't play three days ago. And so we have where our team is a little bit more fresh than the other guys. That's kind of where I was going. So I, I in no way, shape or form, uh, am I going to take a victory lap because the uh, Curtis Samuel aggravated his groin injury. Um, and, and, you know, that makes me correct. I, that's not uh, how I'm going to claim any victories here, but for this game, yeah, I mean, there's no way. Like, I, I mean, never say never, you know what I mean? But I don't see how he, he, he plays on Sunday. And then that quick turnaround, like you said, you're not going to really practice and you're not going to get to test Curtis Samuel's groin before you potentially roll him out there against the New York Giants on Thursday night. And look, Thursday nights are are notorious for, for producing some of the worst injuries that we see in the NFL. You go back to Richard Sherman with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they had a Sunday game, and then they had to turn around and play a Thursday night game. And he told reporters, like, he knew basically going into it. He's like, I could feel my Achilles not being right, but I was healthy enough to play. I wasn't a medical scratch. I went out there, tried to put it on the line for my team. And sure enough, he popped his Achilles in that game. And, and you know, and some people would argue hasn't been completely the same uh, ever since then. And that's a lot of players have issues with those Thursday night turnarounds because of that. Um, so I just, I don't see how Curtis Samuel steps on the field before week three, if, if even that against the Buffalo bills. And I think, you know, Ron Rivera was asked about IR and said he didn't really want to have the conversation because he doesn't want to start speculation about it. But I think at this point in time, I mean, especially when you're talking about building for the long term of this franchise and the future of this team, you know, it's, it's more, it's about more than 2021. And I know a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, but that's the truth of some of these decisions that have to be made. There are weapons on this team, even without Curtis Samuel, there are, there are weapons on this team, uh, that can be effective. You put him on the IR, you have the potential and the opportunity to bring him back if you need to and give him time, give him more than enough time without trying to worry about getting back into game speed, game shape, all that stuff. Let him and let the training staff just kind of have a calendar and say, you know what, this is the timeline we're dealing with. We're not coming back before this. Let's shut it down. Let's do this right. Uh, let's take this slow. And it tells the rest of the roster too, we're not playing this week-to-week right. business. We know who's going to be here until X date at a minimum when he can be activated again. So that's what we're going to roll with if we need to. And if you need to bring on, say, a veteran wide receiver 
uh, you know, or a guy who got cut loose during cuts and all that stuff just to fill that roster spot. You can do it. You can do that if you want to, if you, if you so choose. Here, um, here's the, here's the problem with that theory though, David. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I agree with you and absolutely that he should be put on IR if he's not going to play the first two games, you know, give him an extra week, week and a half, uh, even though he wouldn't have to miss the Buffalo game. The problem is twofold. One, they gave him so much time. They, I mean, he hadn't practiced since May, mid-May, yeah. late May, whatever it was, yeah. until Monday. So how much more time could you give him? I mean, you can't afford I mean, to give him three more months. You right? got to give like him they, whatever it's going to take. I mean, at, at the end of the day, like that's a, that's the tricky thing about these injuries and hamstrings are, are similar uh, and stuff like that. Like, you, you know you break a bone and structurally there's a lot of trauma that happens with that, but bones kind of break on us or they heal kind of on a schedule. You kind of know how fast, right. you know, that's those things. It's not soft, soft tissue. tissue yeah. I mean, you could, you, you know, and, and I, and knock on wood, this doesn't ha- kind of happen, but he could be in the middle of rehab, go take a shower, step out. And when he's stepping out, one foot slips one way and the other foot goes the other way and boom, he's aggravated that soft yeah. tissue injury. So, I mean, and that's the problem with these things. And I, I see fans on social media who are, who are equally, frustrated saying you know we pay this guy a lot of money and da, 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 and all that um but again and that's that's where it's kind of like a time to put your money where your mouth is you know, ron comes out and, and and coach rivera talks a big game about you know putting the health and the welfare of the players first and not rushing them back because we're, we're you know we're, we're not going to panic and push ourselves and, and all this other stuff well this is going to be the time where he he's got to show that that's that's accurate you know and i kind of go back to the something i was taught as a young kid is are you hurt or are you injured because if you're mm-hmm. hurt you can still continue but if you're injured then you're injured. Curtis Samuel's injured and it's a groin injury. And he, this is a guy who re, who relies on speed, quickness, fast cuts, fast feet uh, to be successful in the NFL. So, um, I mean, that's like having a quarterback with an injured throwing shoulder. That's not something that you can rush back. And, and as frustrating as it is for the team, I would say take that extra time, overkill the recovery period. And yeah, I mean, you're especially if the team starts struggling, you're going to have to deal with that PR. But if it's better for your team long-term, then it's going to be worth it. Here's the other quick thing that I was going to mention and add to this. Last year, they had a couple of opportunities to do exactly what we're talking about now, put a guy on IR, knock him out for three games minimum, and they chose not to do it. Steven Sims Jr. and Greg Stroman, both on the team at that point, now not on the team, and they chose to avoid IR, to not want to knock them out for three minimum games, and both missed that first week, that first potential game, and then had to be put on IR. Yeah. So that's a dangerous game that you're starting to play if you're trying to hold a roster spot so that Samuel isn't knocked out of you know, weeks two, week three. By playing it this way, you might have to then put him on IR you know, before next Thursday night's game, and then he's got to miss – the Giants, Buffalo, and Atlanta. You see where I'm coming from? So it's a very tricky situation, and they got burnt by it a couple of times last week. All right, we'll – I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to update the Austin Eckler injury. Uh, As far as we know it, based on multiple reports when we return right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast because that injury is perhaps even more important to the Chargers' success than it is to the Washington football team's success. Plus, a bold prediction and an X factor from David and myself, all to come right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Guys, Built Bar is awesome. When you're watching football this weekend, 
help yourself to a built bar instead of nasty, salty, carbohydrate filled chips. Grab yourself something good, tasty, soft, easy to chew, 100% chocolate, and great for you. If you don't know what a built bar is, I don't know what to tell you. We've been telling you about them forever. And, you know, look, if you like chocolate and if you like a sweet treat without anything bad for your body, go to built.com right now. They have so many different flavors. Mint brownie is David's favorite. Peanut butter brownie, my favorite. I like a bunch of other different flavors. I've had, I don't know, 10 or 11. Uh, David's had a bunch. I don't think we've had a bad experience at all. And we're not sitting here telling you uh, that we uh, that we love everything, but we haven't had any bad experiences that I know of. I know I haven't. Uh, so do yourself a favor. Go again to built.com. You'll learn more about how good built bars are for you. High in protein, low in calories, low in carbs, uh, low in sugar and help yourself, make yourself happy, make your tummy happy and your brain happy. Order today, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so we left you with the Curtis Samuel fallout. Again, he's not officially ruled out as we record this on Thursday evening, but you can fully expect that he will not play in the season opener. Now, will Austin Eckler play or not play for the Los Angeles Chargers? David, on Thursday, according to multiple reports, once again, he remained off on the side uh, doing rehab as the Chargers got into their team drills period. Uh, Maybe he'll be limited Uh, Maybe he'll be uh, a full DNP like he was uh, yesterday, uh, or I should say on Wednesday. Um, This is a bad sign for a Charger offense that's got plenty of weapons, obviously, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, new tight end Jared Cook. But Austin Eckler is so good, not only running the football and breaking tackles and making you miss in space, but as a receiver, if they don't have him, this could be really problematic for the Chargers, who might be out of sync and out of rhythm already because they have a new coaching staff and they didn't play in any preseason games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, Austin Eckler is, is definitely a bigger loss to that Chargers offense uh, than Curtis Samuel is to the Washington offense. And that's kind of going back to the, the conversation we just had about uh, the potential putting him on IR. Again, you look at Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, Logan Thomas, you know, Deami Brown, uh, if, if his preseason training camp potential turns into regular season production, Antonio Gibson, et cetera, the Chargers, they have some good weapons, but they don't have that many that many weapons, right? Uh, Keenan Allen is a great veteran, but he kind of is a known commodity. There's really not a lot that's left in Keenan Allen's repertoire that he's bringing to the field. So as a defensive coordinator with a lot of defensive weapons on your, at your own disposal, you kind of know what it is you're not going to be able to defend on Keenan Allen, what it is you can defend and how to kind of approach it there's not there's there's really not a whole lot of Keenan Allen's going to come out in week one and do something and you're gonna go oh man I never thought Keenan Allen could do that because again you know who he is uh Jared Cook is is similar uh, in that way so if you if you lose the Austin Eckler factor you lose a little bit of that versatility from an offensive standpoint production uh and ability and I mean this is this is kind of a, a prime example and I'm not saying that the Los Angeles Chargers have ever like mishandled Austin Eckler's injuries but I mean this is a hamstring in- injury on a running back who likes to be not only but a runner, but also a pass catcher, get into into routes and all this stuff. And he's had this kind of reoccurring injury history. And I don't want to say, I'm not going to say that he he ever rushed back or the team rushed him back, but sometimes 
teams have to protect players from themselves. Like I, I can almost guarantee you that Curtis Samuel is sitting behind the curtain saying, you know, if, if, if they even had the conversation, if, if it comes up, Hey Curtis, what do you think about IR? Give you some time to no coach. I can come back. I can beat this. I can work it out. Da da da. Because pretty much every football player is an alpha male type of personality where I can fix the problem. Like if there's an issue, I can handle it. You know what I mean? Within certain extents, Austin Eckler's the same type of same type of personality. He wants to be there for his team. He wants to produce for his team. So if he's given the option of, Hey, listen, you're not hundred percent healed, but you're good enough. Do you want to go out there on the field? Of course he's going to go out there on the field. And sometimes those decisions lead to these reoccurring injuries. And that's what the Los Angeles Chargers are looking at. I mean, before their season even gets off the ground, they're already potentially losing one of the biggest parts of their offense. Yeah. And, you know, Eckler has, has been, um, you know, so productive for them, obviously over the last couple of years. I mean, you know, again, you kind of wonder how Justin Herbert is so good as a rookie. Well, you mentioned one of the guys, Keenan Allen, and obviously Eckler's another, that's not to say that Justin Herbert's not a great quarterback, but when you walk into a situation like that, that helps when you have playmakers like those two guys. And oh, yeah. by the way, they also have, again, Jared Cook, who's bounced around to a bunch of different teams, uh, but all he does is produce. I think the NFL put out a number that I posted on our Twitter page uh, at Locked WFT Pod about how he's the only tight end in the NFL who has six or more touch receiving touchdowns in the last three years in each yeah. of the last three years. And yeah. Eckler again has been just a yardage monster, uh, obviously huge in fantasy, all that. So, I mean, if Eckler's not there, that is a big thing. Now there is a report from pro football focus for whatever that's worth uh, that said, you know, on Thursday that the chargers are optimistic that he'll be able to play. Mm-hmm. So we will see. Again, one thing we don't know is even if he plays, how good is he? How effective is he? How does he suffer a setback, right? That's always the challenge with all of this. You could lose a player like Austin Eckler pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, and I mean, Los Angeles has come in there with with, with an idea of if, if he's good enough to play, but he's not good enough to, to carry the team is he on a pitch count? You know what I mean? Or is he on a, a limited use type of situation? Cause I mean, if he goes out there and he's basically a decoy, it's not going to take long for Jack Del Rio to figure out that Austin Eckler is a decoy. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. And that's just going to open up things that that's going to be cause more of a liability issue than anything. I mean, listen, I'm a huge fan of Austin Eckler just from a football standpoint. Um, again, it's kind of a similar situation. I, I mean, they're going to make the decisions they make and, and Austin as a player has got to stand up for his own, you know, rights and health and future. Uh, and and all that stuff. So so far so it's far it's far far be it for me to to say that you know I know more than, than any of these guys, and that's not where I'm coming from. I just hope that if he does play, it's because he's healthy, not because we really 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 want to win this first game. And I know we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit too coming up. But Chris, uh, we got a couple minutes left here in segment two before we get to our final segment of the week, and we got a game coming up, and we finally have a game that counts coming up. So when the games count, the players count, and the and the group the best players show up in the best situations for their teams and getting off to a one and no start would be huge for any football team with playoff aspirations, which both these teams do. So uh, let's, let's go over an X factor player of the game for Washington to come out of this one, uh, a victory with a victory and one and no to start the season. Yeah. For me, the X factor is going to be, can Terry McLaurin stretch the chargers defense, especially without Samuel, but with Deami Brown enough so that it, allows the horizontal passing game 
that Scott Turner would ideally like to call in a lot of cases, uh, either by design or by check down to J.D. McKissick, to Antonio Gibson, to Logan Thomas, all, all of that. Can Terry McLaurin stretch that Charger defense enough where they have to play a, lo- a looser box, where they have to loosen up in coverage? So to me, that's going to be my X factor. I've seen it. Over and over again, when Washington throws the ball down the field, even if they're not successful, it does change the dynamic of that, uh, of that, of that, um, uh, what do you call it? Of the box of the, of the, you know, near the line of scrimmage area, allowing that offense, if you will, to run a lot smoother. And listen, the Chargers are not great, to be honest with you, when we talk about. You know, they're secondary. I mean, Derwin James is awesome. And Chris Harris Jr. used to be really good. uh, And they do have rookie Asante Samuel. But I think you can move the football through the air on them if you get an opportunity. And that could change a lot of things, obviously, for this offense. So I'll go with Terry McLaurin. But my player of the game will be Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat. Uh, mostly and largely working against Brian Balaga, the right tackle, the veteran right tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have invested in their offensive line, drafting Rashawn Slater, uh, I think top 12, top 13 pick, bringing in Corey Lindsley. Uh, I think those guys will do a pretty decent job against the rest of the Washington front, but Brian Balaga versus Montez Sweat, to me, screams Sweat having a big day. Yeah, my, my X factor for this game is is how well the Washington offense works against the middle part of the Los Angeles Chargers defense. Uh, it's kind of similar to what you're talking about. They want to play sideline to sideline. They want to stretch the Chargers defense uh, as much as possible, both vertically and horizontally. Well, if the Los Angeles Chargers off defense comes out and kind of does what we expect them to probably do, which is to try to limit those perimeter plays, the deep plays, and all those things, that's going to open up the middle a little bit. So Logan Thomas is a guy, but also John Bates is, is going to be another guy because they're going to, they're going to know who Logan Thomas is. They're going to pay attention to him. I mean, Samus Reyes, if he gets on the field, somebody's got to make a play over in the middle part of that field, start to shrink that Chargers defense into the middle part of their formation, which will then continue to open things up on the perimeter and sideline to sideline. So that's the X factor. My player of this game is going to be Antonio Gibson, and that's part of this whole thing. Antonio Gibson, we know that he's a, he's shifty enough. He can catch the ball. He can do all those things. But can he actually make this defense have to stack the box a little bit, have to kind of play inside to keep him contained? Because, again, you mentioned Terry McLaurin. Those are going to be the things that really open up the big play for a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick who wants to take those shots. He's told us he's going to take those shots. Well, you want him taking those shots in man-to-man coverage or with single high safety coverage because they're trying to trying to fill in the middle of the field. So the tight ends, the running back, Antonio Gibson, that's the X factor. That's my player of the game when it comes to creating that opening for the Washington offense. All right. And my bold prediction for the game is even though the Washington football team will win this game, I'm going to say Dustin Hopkins misses a sub 40 yard field goal. Ooh, that's not going to make anybody happy. No, uh, my bold prediction for this game uh, it's actually going to have to do a turnover. So the Los Angeles Chargers, one of the best teams in not giving away the ball uh, last year, which is why they had some, I mean, they were so, they sell a losing record, but some success with Justin Herbert. Washington football team, one of the best teams in taking away the football. And then on the flip side, they were kind of different. They were kind of the opposite on the flip side. Um, my bold prediction for this game, and I like to get really bold with my predictions. So hopefully you guys get used to that a little bit. Mine rarely come true because of how bold I like to get. The Washington football team, rather, is going to get a takeaway 
from every level of their defensive roster. Now, that means defensive lines getting to take away. The linebackers are getting to take away. The secondary is getting to take away. The caveat to that is if a linebacker gets like a recovers like a fumble on a on a on a special teams play, that counts as a linebacker takeaway. Okay. So it doesn't have to necessarily just be on defense, but a D lineman, a linebacker, and a DB are all getting a takeaway against the Los Angeles Chargers. That's my bold prediction. And that's going to wrap up segment two here at the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag because all eyes are turning back to the gridiron. We've already got NFL football in the books when you're listening to this episode. And betonline.ag is your number one spot. For all your pro and college football action this season, get your updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at betonline.ag. Head over there, sign up, and get a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, whether it's football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for 2021. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment here, final episode of the week. Before we actually have game action, the next time you hear from Chris and I after this, we will be talking about a Washington football team game, hopefully a win. But Chris, before the people hear from us a little bit more, let's hear from our buddy Camion. Fellas, what it do? Camion here. I said, let me give them a quick break, let some more fans call in, and I've been loving it. I'm glad the voicemail has, like, taken off. I love hearing the fans, their questions, comments, stuff and that. So, okay, now let me jump back in. Uh, Always love the show. Um, I'm, like, just hyped. Me and some fans from L.A. We're hyped, ready for uh, week one. Uh, on one of the shows, David, I know you mentioned that some fans wouldn't like hearing it, but it's like it's, Pretty much said it's like no big deal if we lose week one. I know that was the Curtis Samuels debate. I'm not going to get into the Curtis Samuels because, honestly, I do agree. Uh, I kind of see him do playing, but if he doesn't, I think uh, we got enough to sustain Logan Thomas, Deami Brown, stepping up in this role. Of course, Gary Terry. You know, we'll be good. But where... Do disagree, and a lot of us disagree. I think that we do need to win Game One. It's from my my perspective, and a lot of fans that I've talked to, it's like it ah, it'll be like deflating if we lose Game One. It's like oh, most fans. I'm not gonna say I think like that, but most fans be like oh, here we go again or stuff of that nature, but I do feel like it'll be a big boost to the fan base if we get the week one win against the Chargers. Uh, always love the show. Can't wait for y'all to see what y'all think of this. And, uh, yeah, let's go get them. I'll holler at y'all. Nice. All right. Thank you, Cammy. I appreciate it. Uh, I know we've got to wrap this up, David, uh, real quickly. I mean, listen, uh, I think a lot of people around here would be very, 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 very happy with at least 
Uh, you know, with a two and O start, I mean, I think you could probably kind of look at a one and one type situation here. What they can't have is going O and two and have all sorts of questions at the quarterback spot going into the meat and the gauntlet of your schedule. We'll see how it plays out. I've got the Washington football team going one and O and winning this game. I think they'll win probably in the neighborhood of 24 to 21, uh, I'll say is my official prediction. All right. Well, I've got Washington winning 27-17, also going 1-0 okay. uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers. And and here, here's what I will say about need and wants. Fans want, teams need. Uh, the team does not need to win the first game of the season. Everybody wants to win uh, the first game of the season. Um, and, and I get where you're coming from, Cam. I get where every fan is coming from, believe me. Um, I've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for seven years. Uh, they they just figured out what it feels like to win uh, this this last season. Okay, it's still a very new feeling for Buccaneers fans. Um, so I totally get it, man. And, and I get that you know zero and one is not going to make anybody happy. And there are going to be uh, some negative. There's going to be some negativity out there. There's going to be some thought if Dustin Hopkins misses a field goal and they lose, especially if they lose by less than three or even just three. Uh, I get it. I've I've been around it. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I'll be there for it with this fan base as well, just like I have been. Uh, with the Buccaneers fan base, and and I will continue uh, to 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 give you guys my honest opinion and feedback, and and I'll just I'll just remind you the Buccaneers started zero one last year, um, and they lost to three teams that they beat in the postseason. Um, so that's probably the best example I can give you right now for modern football as a reason to try to pump the brakes a little bit, right? But fan is short for fanatic. And f- people who are fanatical about something tend to be extremely emotional. That's why people love fans. Um, that's why it's uh, amazing that fans are going to be back in the stadium. So what you're never going to hear me say to you guys is a real fan fill in the blank because I'll never tell anybody how to be a fan. Uh, you do you as, as fandom goes. If, if, if Washington goes 0 one and you want to hit the panic button, guys, call in, drop that panic call, and we will do our best to, to talk you off the fandom ledge. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's going to be a fun ride guys. So buckle up cause it's going to be a long season. All right. So we both have Washington going one and Oh, we'll be back after Sunday's game. Uh, I'll be at FedEx field. Uh, we'll be back together to give you our quick spin, uh, on a week one chargers and Washington football team contest. Don't forget betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, Lee's lock of the day, follow locked on bets podcast brought to you by real uh, brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. As always, if you have a question uh, and you want to join us on the voicemail line, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. That's going to do it for us. Once again, I'm Chris Russell. Catch me and Pete Manhurst, Team 980, Washington Football Team flagship station, uh, and on the Odyssey app Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, along with David Harrison, who you can check out writing about the Washington football team on SI.com, part of Fam Nation, SI.com slash NFL slash Washington football. We appreciate you guys being with us. Don't forget, the Locked On Washington football team podcast is free and available on all platforms. uh, And take us with you and make sure you don't forget about your pals, David and Chris. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. (laughs) 